Well, hey, skinny peeps. Welcome to The Skinny with Jesus. Today is June 12th, 2020. So good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are, uh, whatever time it is where you are listening. I am glad you're here. My name is Bevan Caramello. And I am the founder of this podcast. I hope I I like to say that I'm your Jesus girl. I hope I'm your favorite Jesus girl. And I, like I said, I'm so glad that you are here. We are wrapping up our series today. We are in our fourth and final episode of this series called Treasure Chests, where we have been walking through bit by bit through the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Today, we are primarily focusing on the last three verses at the very end of chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Okay, so throughout this series, we have been looking for answers in this passage to one question. And that question is, how do we live with God's treasure inside of us? How do we live with God's treasure inside of us? And if you haven't listened to the the earlier episodes of this series, I would recommend that you go back and catch the first three. But just to give you a little recap here so that you're um, kind of caught up with us, um, we have been, um, as we're talking through these different things. We've, we, I've promised you five different tangible things that we're going to pull from this chapter um, to give us direction and how to live with this treasure inside of us. Well, what is this treasure? Okay. Um, I want to read verses six and seven real quick for us. Let's go back and look at this. That gives us a little bit more clarity. Okay. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses six and seven. It says, if I can find six, (laughs) they make those numbers so little. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. Okay, let's stop right there. So how do we live with God's treasure inside of us? Um, We are those jars of clay that Paul's talking about. And he has placed his treasure inside of us, those jars of clay inside of his people. The treasure, the good news of the gospel. That is what he was referring to in verse 6 where he says, the knowledge of the glory of God. That's the treasure. We have the knowledge of the glory of God seen in the face of Christ. That's in each of us. So how... Are we supposed to live in light of this, knowing this? What does scripture what does the scripture tell us? So five things for Christians to be doing with this treasure. First, in our first episode, we got two, our first two things. We pray. We pray for those who don't know the Lord yet. We um, in verse three, it says, those who are perishing. That's a I mean, that's a harsh word, right? But that's what it is. Those who do not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they are perishing. So we we pray for them. 
And then our second word of the five was we serve. In verse five, Paul says he is a servant for Jesus' sake. The apostles were not serving themselves. Paul's writing this letter to the church in Corinth. The Corinthian people is who he, he was serving. He's saying that they were the apostles. They were telling others about Jesus in service to God, not for their own benefit, but because they were called to do it, called by God. Then in episode two, we talked about our third word, which is surrender. We pray, we serve, and then with this treasure inside of us, we surrender. Paul goes into some detail about, um, he talks about the struggles that they face for the sake of the gospel, but he also says it's worth it. And he, and he encourages them that, yes, while they were hard-pressed, they were not crushed, that they were perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. And then he goes on to encourage them to say, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Everything that we go through is for, the, for God's glory, and it's worth it because though it's hard on us now, we are bringing you the life that can only come from salvation in Jesus Christ. So he's saying we have to surrender with this treasure. We have to surrender to God's will for our lives and devote ourselves to him, even amidst hard circumstances. And then in our last episode, we talked about the fourth thing that we can do that this passage is speaking to us. In verse 13, Paul said, I believe, therefore I have spoken. You guys, one of the biggest things we will ever do with the treasure of the gospel of the good news is Jesus Christ is to have the courage to speak about it, to tell others about the hope that we have in Jesus. We have to be willing to speak. We have to be willing to tell others what we believe and how God has saved us through Jesus Christ. So, Today, we are going to hash out our fourth and final word of the five in this episode. We are, like I said, these last three verses. We are going to see that the fifth thing this passage really points us to, I think, is uh, in living with this treasure inside of us, is where we fix our eyes. Let me read verses 16 through 18 for us real quick. Paul says, therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal Number five is the word is focus. If you're taking notes, write that in for your number five. Focus. Paul says we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Fix our eyes. What are we focused on? What are you focused on? Is it yourself? Are you self-focused? Are you focused on others? Are you Christ-focused? Are you focused on the things you want? Are you focused on that empty garage maybe that doesn't have that boat in it that you wish it had, that your neighbor has? Or maybe are you focused on that job you didn't get? Are we focused 
on the things of this world, on money, on power, on sex, on success. Those are the things that are seen, right? Matthew tells us in chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, he says, These are just treasures of this world that rust and moth destroy, that thieves break in and steal. Those are the things of this world. But then the author, the writer of Hebrews in chapter 3, verse 1, he says, Fix your thoughts on Jesus. What are you focused on? You see, the more I thought about it, the more I realized that if our focus is on Christ, and his kingdom, then our purpose becomes much more clear, right? We are to live for eternity. We are not to live for the things of this world. We are to live for eternity, make disciples, tell people the good news of Jesus Christ. I want to read another verse for you. It's Paul in Philippians um, chapter 3, verses 18 through 20. If you've got your Bibles in front of you and you want to flip there, but you guys know I'm going to read it for you. If you don't have your Bible in front of you, that's okay. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 18, he says, For as I have often told you before and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. Their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. And then he goes on to say, but our citizenship is in heaven and we eagerly await a savior from there. The Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. He says, these people over here, they have their mind on earthly things, but those who follow Christ, we have our minds on godly things. We are focused on the things we cannot see. Remember back in our our main scripture in second Corinthians chapter four, Paul says, are you, are you, are you focused on the things that are that are seen or focused on the things that are unseen. Paul's saying here in Philippians, our citizenship is in heaven. What we have or don't have becomes so much less important. What we have or don't have here on this earth, I mean material things, becomes so much less important when we look at what it is that actually has eternal value and what doesn't. I love what... um, Jim Elliott said he was a missionary who was um, killed in Ecuador, actually by the very people that he went there to share the gospel with. He went there to tell them about Jesus and the, the um, these Indians, um, they killed him. But it, if you've never read his story, it's beautiful. Um, his, many of those um, in that tribe went on to um, come to know Jesus later and um Jim Elliott's family went on to carry out his ministry and his mission. And I just love what he says. It's a famous quote. You might've heard it before. He says, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. I'll read it again for you. It says, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain that which he cannot lose. Who gives his life. He's no fool who gives his life something he cannot keep anyway. Give your life away to gain what he cannot lose. You can never lose your salvation in Jesus Christ. 
It's, pre- it's pretty awesome, huh? I love that quote. Guys, it is not wrong to enjoy this life, okay? Hear me clearly. It is not wrong to enjoy this life. God does give us such blessings. He gives us good things. In the book of James, it says, all good and perfect gifts come from above. It's not wrong to enjoy this life, but it is wrong to cling to it. It is wrong to cling to it. I want to read you some of Jesus' own words in the book of Mark, the gospel of Mark chapter 8. I'm going to read verses 34 and 35. This is Jesus talking here. He said, if anyone would come after me, he's talking about following him. If anybody wants to follow me, he says, come after me. He must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. You guys, recently something was brought to my my attention that I'd I'd heard a little bit about, but I just hadn't paid a whole lot of attention to it. I knew... um, some of the of the people that were spoken about, some of these leaders, um, but I hadn't really delved into it that much. Um, but recently, like I said, it was brought to my attention. It's called the the prosperity gospel. Some of you might be familiar with it. Some of you might be hearing those words for the very first time. Um, but basically, um, there's there's these false prophets out there, false teachers out there teaching this prosperity gospel. It's basically, it talks about, it's all centered around me, all centered around the person, the individual. And if you are good enough, if you obey God well enough, that if you are just a good person, do the right things, that that God, he'll make you rich. He'll heal all your sicknesses. He'll basically give you anything you want and life will just be easy and, and comfy. And you guys, this prosperity gospel, it's, it's so dangerous because it's it's false. It's not what scripture points to at all. And um, what really came to my attention about it that I didn't realize before is that there are people in churches that have been there for years and years and years, churches that they believe to be Bible teaching churches, but maybe they aren't at a place in their walk with the Lord yet where they're actually unpacking scripture and reading the Bible for themselves. So they're just going on Sundays and being fed from these teachers, whatever their pastor's telling them. And you guys, these people, and you, I hope you're not one of them, but you may be one of them. And that's why I'm speaking about this today. There's these people that have been in these churches for years who believe what they're hearing is actually the good news of Jesus Christ, the real gospel. And so just in case that's you, just in case you're in one of these churches and it's getting confusing for you, or you're feeling conflicted, you're hearing different things, and maybe you're starting to read your Bible and you and you feel like there's 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 some things that just don't add up, right? There's this conflict in you. It's like, whoa, that's not what he said, and that's not, but this is what I'm reading. You guys hear me clearly. The prosperity gospel is not the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's no gospel at all. Gospel, the gospel literally, that word gospel literally means the good news, the good news. And I'm here to tell you, you guys, the prosperity gospel is not good news. It's heresy and it's dangerous. Look back with me at the beginning of our text. It's no coincidence that God just brought 
um, it was a documentary actually about the prosperity gospel that my husband, Brian, was just flipping through. I think he was on Netflix and he found it. And I once I started watching, I was just, uh, I was sickened. I was dumbfounded. It broke my heart. It made me, uh, it just, it made me angry. That righteous anger welled up inside me to hear the way that these leaders, they have people following them, thousands and thousands of people following them, and they are twisting the gospel. They are twisting scripture, and they are leading people astray to line their own bank accounts. And it just, oh, it, it just made me sick. And I thought, you know, as I was preparing for this episode, for this podcast, I realized it's no coincidence that this is where God has us as he put that in front of me, as we're talking about what we fix our eyes on. Because if you go back to the beginning of chapter four in 2 Corinthians, I want you to hear, let's see, I'm just going to start at the very beginning. I'm going to read verses one through three. You guys listen so clearly to what Paul says. This is scripture. This is truth. Paul says, therefore, since through God's mercy, we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. You guys, now jump down to our verses for today. He says, Paul's saying, we have put the truth out there plainly. We're not deceiving people. We're not distorting the word of God. There are people out there who distort the word of God. And if you look at our our main verses for today, 16 through 18, it doesn't say that life's always going to be super easy and cushy and comfy and that we're going to be wealthy. It says, Paul's talking about all the things that he's going through. Remember, he says, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. He is saying light and momentary troubles. I mean, this is a man who was flogged. He was beaten. He was shipwrecked. He was cold. He was hungry. He he talked about how he'd been through all sorts of things. He's calling those troubles, all those things that he's been through, hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, abandoned. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. He's calling him light and momentary compared to what he's focused on. He is focused on an eternal glory that he says far outweighs them all. He says it's worth it. It's worth it. And you guys, I want you to hear Jesus' own words in the book of John, chapter 16. In verse 33, Jesus said, I have told you these things. Remember, so often Jesus, he told the disciples these things because he wanted them to recognize it when it came to be, right? He says, I have told you these things so that in me, in me, this is Jesus, only in him, in me, you may have peace. He says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. In this world, you will have trouble. It's going to be hard sometimes, he says but I've overcome the world. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. We will have trouble. Those who walked with Jesus were persecuted. Those who walked hand in hand with him in the flesh, they faced trials and hardship. Like I said, Paul tells us later, it's actually in 2 Corinthians, what I was saying to you guys earlier. I think it's in chapter 11. I'll find those verses and I'll I'll put them in the notes when I post this. 
um, where he talks about the fact that he was flogged, that he was cold, that he was hungry, he was stoned, he was shipwrecked, he was left for dead. Um, if you look at, at Peter, Peter was hung upside down on a cross um, at the end when he died. Paul was eventually beheaded. Stephen, the first disciple martyred for his faith in Christ, for the gospel, he was stoned to death. You guys, Christ's disciples were not rich according to this world's standards, and life was not always comfy. But they were focused on something greater than, their, greater than themselves. They were focused on Jesus. They were focused on spreading the good news, on taking the gospel to everybody they could, everybody that they came in contact with. You guys, a gospel that is me-focused, that's that prosperity gospel. I hate that they even put the word gospel next to it. But it's me-focused, and it's no gospel at all. The gospel isn't about us. It's, It's about Jesus. It's about his sacrifice for our sins. It's not about what he can do for us now. It's not praying and asking him to heal us. It's not, it's, it's not about Jesus lining our bank account or giving us the car that we want or the boat that we want, we want or the vacation that we want or the bigger house or the, the baby that we want, the marriage that we want. Some of those are good things. All of those are good things. Some of us have them. It's not bad to enjoy this life, but it is bad to cling to it. That is not what he wants for us. The gospel is not focused on what Jesus can do for us. Yes, he can heal us. Yes, he does give us good things. He can bless you with that baby that you long for. But he's not a genie in a bottle. We don't just make wishes and tell him what we want done. It's not about what he can do, you guys. It's about what he's already done. It's about what he's already done for us on the cross. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. I want to read, let's see, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 5. Listen to what Paul said to Timothy. This is toward the end of Paul's life. Timothy, he said, was like a son to him. So he's writing this letter knowing that he may never see him again, knowing that um, his days are, are numbered, that they're short. He says to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 3 and 5, just repeating it again for those of you who are trying to get there to look it up. Paul says, For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. If you're not sure what you're being fed, wherever you it is that you go to church or, or, or teachers that you follow on on social media or online, if you're not sure if what you're being fed is sound doctrine, you guys find a place that's teaching good biblical truth. 
teaching exactly what you're reading in the Word of God, not twisting things for profit or for worldly gain. We are God's treasure chests. The truth of the gospel is inside of us, and it is valuable. You guys, I was trying to think, okay, well, how would they know? How would they know if what they're hearing is really from God's word? As they're learning God's words, as you're, as you're putting it all together, how do you know? One thing I think, one really important thing that can help you figure it out is our theme for this episode, focus. What is the focus of your church? What is the focus of your teacher, your pastor? Is it me-focused? Is it all about self it is, all, is it all about you, making you well, making you rich, making you happy? Is it all about your circumstances? What's it about? If the focus isn't Jesus, it's missing the mark. I'll say it again. If the focus is not Jesus, if the teaching is not centered around Jesus, pointing people to Jesus and to salvation in him, in him alone, by faith alone, not by works, so that no one can boast, so that no one can try to take credit for it, if it's not all about him and what he's done on the cross for you, for me, died for our sins, for the sins of the world, to make away back to God so that we could be with him in eternity forever. If that's not the focus, then it misses the mark. So I just encourage you to, to dive into the word of God for yourself, to ask questions. And if what you're hearing doesn't line up with what you're reading in the Bible, then it's not gospel. It's not the truth of Jesus Christ. And God wants better for you. What are you focused on? We fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you are so good. You are so good. You don't leave us. You don't leave us in our confusion. You don't leave us in our wandering. You chase after us. You are the good shepherd, Lord Jesus, who leaves the 99 to go after the one. And you are faithful. You do not even want to lose one. You don't even want to lose one. You know us. You know our hearts, and you will chase us down. We praise you, Lord. We praise you. Lord, for those who are walking in darkness, we pray that you would lift the veil. Lord, we pray that you would give us opportunities to serve you. Lord, we pray that you would give us the courage that it takes to surrender to you, to your will for our lives. Lord, we pray that you would give us courage to speak, to speak boldly for you, to proclaim the truth of the gospel to a dying world. Lord, boldly, gently, in love. And Lord, would you keep us steadfast and focused on Jesus? 
And when we get off, Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit, would you steer us back to you? Lord, you alone are the author and perfecter of our faith, and we bow to you in you alone. Lord, I pray courage for those who are um, seeking change are worried about what they're hearing, what they're learning, what they're teaching. And Lord, we pray against false teachers. We pray that they would not be allowed to stand and that there would not be one heart in their congregations that that, um, that you know would turn to you if they were hearing correctly, Lord, that isn't given an opportunity to flee, to get out of there, to find a better place. Lord, give us the courage to shine your light. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, friends, for being with me today. Uh, our next episode, we will be starting a new series. It's called Formerly Known As, and I cannot wait to get us started on it. I'm excited. It's going to be good. Formerly Known As. So stay tuned. That is what is coming up. In the meantime, you know I am praying for you and yours. Bye now. <laughs>